0: This is Josh Mills. And this is John Mills. Welcome back to another episode of Acquired Tastings. We are very happy to have you along with us today for another wonderful beer episode. Ooh, and, ooh,
1: I love beer.
0: <laughs> yep, it's Dad's, it's Dad's week here. So, Dad, why don't you tell us what type of beers we're doing?
1: Oh, we're doing koshes.
0: Koshes, okay. And what's your
1: beer and what are your pairings? So this week? So, I'm doing the Rogue Honey Kosh. And I'll say style and I'll explain that later and my sides I've got an ahi tuna taco I've got rice and black beans and I have tamales, tamales very cool and then I
0: have a the Gefell Kolsch from Cologne Germany and my pairings this week are a that same wild boar sausage that we had last week with the German wines which I think is going to be really cool I have copa, I have Genoa salami, and then I have two nutty cheeses. I have the brie cheese, and I have some Comte cheese. Oh, okay. So it's gonna be it's gonna be real good. But before it looks good, yeah. But before we get started, we have to talk about the blind from last week.
1: Oh yeah, there was a blind last week. So
0: last week's blind, I said it was a New World Cabernet Sauvignon
1: from California, correct? New World, correct. 97, correct. Oops, not USA. Where was it from? Chile. Chile. It was the Valley de Mopo.
0: Yeah, the Valley de Mopo, that's actually from the family of the Baron de Rothschild from France. Okay. So, okay. the first growth of It's a really La good Fee. one, right? Yeah, the first growth of Lafite de Rothschild. It's the same family they've done, they're doing wines in Chile now. There's actually quite a few French vintners who are buying and starting to do wine down
1: in Chile. And some even in Argentina. Well, a couple of things from last week, Josh. So I was editing and you said, and I think I know what this is, but I think maybe the listeners might not. You said, this is the first still Pinot Meunier. I've ever had. Correct. So, would you explain that for our listeners? Yeah. So I should have it, said it last week, but well, it dawned on me.
0: Yeah, no, of course. So, it's just like we talked about, la- la- like how I talked about last week, that Pinot Meunier is one of the mm-hmm. sparkling, mm-hmm. is one of the grapes of champagne. Mm-hmm. So, I've had Meunier wine in sparkling wine before. Yeah. And I've actually had a 100% Pinot Meunier Champagne. Right. And it's one of my favorite champagnes that I've ever had. Right. So that's what I meant by still. It's not sparkling.
1: Well, and one of the things I know is that when you go to Italy or France or some of these other places over in Europe, you know, when you're at the restaurant, they will ask you, do you want still or sparkling water? Yeah. And so over in the United States, typically we drink still, which means it's just plain old water with no bubbles.
0: Right, but anything like a LaCroix or Waterloo, those are sparkling wines. Exactly. Or not sparkling wines, those are sparkling waters, which they are gaining a lot more popularity with like Tobochico, Perrier, San Pellegrino. All those are sparkling waters. Now, some of those are considered mineral
1: waters, but that's right. for a different shot. Right. And then the other thing I was telling you while we were setting up is I noticed that we have a download from Ukraine. Oh, Yeah. So, I, I I don't know. Is that a poor soldier trying to, to waste some time before he goes back into battle? Or is it some people, you know, there's so little food and things like that. I worry that they're listening to us and we're chowing down and drinking and whatever. But, hey. Well, hopefully we are. Hopefully uh, we're, we're an We're spreading escape. around the world.
0: Well, hopefully we are a, a breath of fresh air and escape for those people who are listening anywhere in the world that are having hard times. Yeah. Especially
1: in. That's right. Ukraine. That's right. Well, cheers. Well,
0: yeah, cheers. So, uh, which beer are we going to start with today? I guess we'll start with yours. Why not? What do you think? Sounds good. Let's go ahead and start with start with mine. So, mine, once again, is the Gaffel, as I think how you pronounce it, G-A-F-F-E-L, Gaffel, Kölsch, from Cologne, Germany. Now, they are very proud of this beer, as they should be, because they say only real only real Kolsch comes from Cologne, Germany. It has to come from Cologne, Germany. See,
1: I was going to talk about that as well because in my research and, you know, we'd already picked which beers we were doing and I was reading up on it and it said it is not Kolsch unless it comes from Cologne, Germany. Well, It can be Kolsch-like and I guess that's what we got, or what I have.
0: Or it can be an American Kolsch. Exactly. Or a German-style
1: Kolsch. Yeah, either one's probably the same thing.
0: Well, and part of the reason why they're so, they harp on that it has to come from Germany is Kolsch is actually a dialect of German. Yeah. It's a traditional dialect of German that's spoken in, in and around the Kolsch, or around the Cologne area. Now, another interesting fact, harpening... You know, talking back to last week is, you know, last week my my German wine was in, was from around the Mosel region. Well, so we're in the kind of the, almost the same area where kind of Cologne is because mm-hmm. Cologne's ar- on the Rhine River, which is one mm-hmm. of the rivers that run through the the winemaking region. So I've told Joanne, man, I, we got to do a trip in Germany. <laughs> I know. I mean, y'all are going back it's to Italy. Wine right and sir. beer, both. Right? I know you can you can get both, and so so this is a it's from that region of Germany, and it's very very traditional. It's a lighter style beer. Mm-hmm. They are. Why don't you go ahead? There's no there's no real order because I kind of just have a circuitry plate today. Yeah. yeah. So they are a lighter style beer they are they follow the german the german laws so you know yeast water malted barley and hops that's all that's all that's in it they are i would say like if we're talking about this in kind of the blind discussion this would Mm -hmm. be a a more of a malt driven beer than Mm -hmm. a wheat beer got a beautiful nose on it yeah, so what are you smelling in the
1: nose? Well that's, I was afraid you were going to say that. Oh, I'm <laughs> always
0: going to ask you that.
1: Well, there's so it's a yellow sweetness. I'm going to go with your colors. Okay. Because these beers are like straw yellow with a white head. And there's a lot of sweetness in these beers. And I don't know if yours has more or mine has more, but mine <laughs> clearly has honey in the title. So they're... There you have it. There's a lot of sweetness there. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, I'm getting some of those, some of those, um, not tree fruit, but some of that jasmine, not, not the green apple or anything like that. Okay. So honeysuckle, that kind of stuff. Okay. Not, you know, there's no, like last week we were getting a lot of earth. Right. I don't get any earth here. No, it's,
0: it's very much a more lighter style when it comes to smell. Very floral, very, kind of like you said, almost like a yellow apple skin yeah.
1: kind, of feel, kind of feel there. And the interesting thing about these beers is that they're top fermented, so they're ales. Yep. But yet, and they use an ale yeast, but yet they're supposed to come out in the springtime. So we're drinking these at the wrong time of the year. Well But wait a minute. We can drink the beer anytime we want. Yeah, traditional like style. But what they do is once that fermentation gets going, then they lower the temperature. And they're running it down to a lager type temperature. That's when they come out this beer's really crisp, I'm sure mine yeah. is too. Yeah, it's it's very easy drinking, it's
0: crisp, it's clean. There's no real Kind of obviously there's no real off flavors to it. There's no real. Like this isn't an experimental beer. This is a traditional style lighter ale. It doesn't have some of the like. The breadiness of a wit. Mm -hmm. Like a wit beer. It's definitely. Mm -hmm. It is filtered. You can definitely tell it is. It is cool filtered. This one. It is clear. It's beautiful to look at. And it's. It's really, it's really pretty in the glass. What do you, um, what well, do you I say?
1: I did the boar sausage. Yep. Now you said that was the last one, same one from last week.
0: Mm-hmm. Is the exact same one that I had a little leftover. Is the exact same one that we did from with the riesling.
1: Well, you put a different drink with it, and it tastes different. Okay. How is it so tasting this, this week? Well, this, this to me. And maybe it's a temperature thing of the sausage itself because the sausage we said last week was kind of uh, cold because the cheese is sort of solidified. The cheese hadn't really solidified here, but the but the sweetness of this beer. And now we're gonna you know this boar sausage, it's got that fat and got that sweetness, but it tastes sweeter to me. And I think that's because this beer, you know, I don't know what the residual <laughs> sugar is, but it would be a whole lot more than the wines we were drinking. No. No? This
0: is not as sweet. Oh, really? Because remember, my wine last week had 40 to 60 grams per liter. So do you know what these are? Residual sugar in this? Yeah. This probably doesn't have much residual sugar. It's oh, probably no. fermented all the way
1: through. Oh, well, Okay.
0: But it's I'm a perceived, a completely different, yeah, tasting of it. Well, yeah, it's a perceived sweetness. So because it's not as sweet, mm-hmm. actually, like sweet, I'm feeling more spice in this in the sausage. The sausage has some like red peppers in it, and last week when we were eating it, you you couldn't re- you couldn't you couldn't recognize that at all, right? You didn't really see it. You didn't see it at all. But this to me, this one this week you're getting a little bit more of that heat coming through with that light gaminess and porky, you know, sweeter right. porkiness that you that's get right. with boar. Yeah, I didn't I didn't get the jalapeno last week, but I got it today. And that's because this because the sweetness from the Spotlights of Riesling actually was mm. taking over and lessening that spice okay from, okay from this so
1: you said they're very proud of this beer they are very proud of this beer okay
0: <laughs>
1: how much is the price price oh
0: me? um you know it's about
1: standard import these days oh i thought 11. that's what you meant proud, no because of how much you have to pay
0: for it no but no no i mean they're so
1: proud because it's 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 yeah, I
0: think it's like twelve bucks a six pack. Oh well, that's normal. Which is yeah, nowadays that's kind of normal, especially for higher end imports. Mm-hmm. And you know, this is it's brewed in Cologne, Germany, which is a very famous and his in historic town in Germany. That's been they have you know a food kind of a food scene all their own, you know with. The wine and then the Kolsch style beer is coming out from it. And all the crops are grown very locally within the Rhineland. Mm -hmm. And so they just, they they love this beer. They market the heck out of this beer. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's totally worth it. And I see why
1: people really like these styles of beer. Well, what my research showed is that, you know, Pilsner's came out. And everybody liked the Pilsner. And then get which beer came out and, again, other beer. But what Germans were trying to do is to do a cross between this Pilsner and I guess uh probably a wit. A wit, yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's that's what they came up with. And that's how they came up with The fermentation and doing the lagering thing and
0: all that. Yeah, well, and it's not—it's not really that they lager it. Mm -mm, It's not lagered. It's probably more considered like closer to a cold stoppage of the fermentation Mm -hmm. or a slowing down of the fermentation Mm -hmm, process, mm -hmm. and then it's probably cold filtered, which is why it's so clear as well. So I—I kind of like this middle. This middle style for a lighter beer, it has, to me, it has more flavor than a pilsner, mm-hmm. and it's more controlled and finessed than a wheat beer right. or a wit. Right. So, what? How does it go in with the cheeses? I haven't well, had, I had any of the cheeses yet. This sausage. Awesome.
1: That was the Genoa. Genoa very good with it. I don't. I think everything you got on the plate is going to go. Right. Uh, this cheese I have in my hand, I hadn't tried yet.
0: So one of the reasons, like I kind of did the plate the way I
1: did. You got Lunchables here. Well,
0: yeah, I do. It's adult Lunchables, first of all, which is the best way to eat in my opinion. But also here in America, it's turning toward fall. It's still hot in places. I mean, we, our high was, you know, in the mid eighties today. Yeah, but that was a
1: low, low. Yesterday was a low, low of 77.
0: Yeah, I know. But and, then and you may oh, be saying, oh my gosh, 77, what are you talking about? It That's like 30 degrees colder. Well, what I'm saying,
1: I think it was Monday that our high was 104.
0: Yeah. so and we, That's
1: not heat indices, that's, that's a, real
0: temperature. Right. Well, so as we're heading toward the end of our summer and our main hot time, I think this is a really good. Football beer, I think, is a great tailgating football beer. Absolutely, it's got a lot of flavor, Mm -hmm. it's gonna go with most everything in your tailgate. It's more flavorful than most of the other stuff you'll find a lot of times, and it's 4.8% alcohol, so it's definitely on the lower end of the alcohol scale. It's you know, that's to be honest, alcohol-wise, you know that's light beer territory, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and you're getting so much more flavor mm-hmm. for for the beer that that you could have at your tailgate. Now, one minus for it being in a tailgate, it does come in a glass bottle. It doesn't come in cans, so if wherever you're going doesn't allow glass, you'll have to find figure out a different solo cup. Some some places so will go. Cup. Some places will go through your cooler, and if it have glass, you can't bring it in. I don't, I don't but I understand this the the chin, the pouring, but you know it, there is kind of that. But you know, I'd suggest bringing like a Kolsch style thing to your next pit, beer tailgate.
1: That kind of hangout that's coming up. I'm not sure when the first game is. I don't really follow them that close.
0: Well, the English Premier League will be in their second, well, in their third week this weekend. Okay. Well. When this comes out, it'll be its fourth weekend. Okay. And I think we're already in the second week of the NFL preseason. Oh, yeah. So we're getting close to college football starting, too, because I think right. colleges are starting to go back. This, the week that this comes out, that's kind of when colleges are starting back. So this, this
1: brown or tan cheese. That is the Comte. Comte? Comte. Okay. It has some bitterness to it. And the beer really doesn't have much bittering at all. No. I don't know what the perceived bitter units are on your beer, but koshas are all quite low. Yeah.
0: Well, that's the, I mean, that's the style. I mean, it's definitely just aroma hops. It's not, it's not really very many bittering hops, if any. Right. It doesn't, and you know, it doesn't list the the perceived.
1: So to me, this cheese helps the beer go where I want it to maybe go, which means a little more bittering. Okay. No, we're not going to IPA, no way. (laughs) That's too far.
0: Right, but (laughs) you want some of that sweetness to be knocked away Mm -hmm. and -hmm. to get some more of that bitterness there. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the Comte it has that nutty, earthy umami mm-hmm. kind of flavor, which I think is the what's what you're talking about, which is counteracting the perceived sweetness mm-hmm. within
1: the beer. But again, so that makes it a contrast of the two, right? But that's a good contrast, yeah, because the the bittering of these beers is like. Down in the low quadrant, probably 20-something, sh- sh- maybe. I'm sure the IBUs
0: are definitely, like you said, probably in the 20s, maybe even the, in the 10s. So this cheese brings it up a little mm-hmm. when it's both in your mouth. Right. So, I mean, a little bit more about kind of the history of Kolsch's. You know, they, they started to appear around the 17th century. So we're talking the 1600s. And it was around this time that the technology was able to get around to doing loggers. So they were kind of worried about these loggers coming in and taking away all the ales, all the boom from the ales. So like you said, they were trying to find something that gave that body, but that was in a in an ale right. and they were actually like legislations like they tried in cologne the cat this the town council, the regional council tried to outlaw bottom bottom fermented beer oh okay <laughs> because they were just so that oh, all no. augers. And yeah <laughs> this
1: wasn't bottom fermented no okay but
0: ahead. so they were <laughs> they they kind of you know they were there they were brewed for a long time and then the early 1900s it was when the wit beers kind of came out and were or not came out but gained a little bit more popularity or a a, a vibe beer the white beers but when world war 2 started you know Cologne was hit hard. Mm-hmm. Cologne was one of the areas in Germany that was hit really hard. It's you know it's more on the western side, so it's closer to where a lot of the major battles hit. I believe there was a huge bombing raid on Cologne. That is um, very, very well known because I think Cologne, the the cathedral at Cologne was almost fully destroyed mm-hmm. uh, during World War II. But after World War II, the breweries started to kind of bringing themselves out. And even in, you know, culture still couldn't compete with some of the loggers that were out there. And it wasn't until the 60s when we're talking about, you know, in the 60s, you think about the Pilsner Revolution in America when you're having all these Pilsners coming out and starting being a little bit more popular that the the ale market kind of exploded mm-hmm. and got a whole lot bigger and these beers kind of were along the way. They're still not I would say they're still not hugely popular in the United States. but right. I think with them at one of our largest liquor stores in town, there may be five Colches. Yeah. yeah, I hadn't hunt for it. We have so Flyway here in town does a seasonal rotator that's a Kolsch style beer. Um, I know, you know, Zipwine was one of the ones that I uh, said I was going to do last week, but I decided to go with a more traditional one. Carbosh um, does a Kolsch as well. And then the one that you're doing. I think that's about it in mm-hmm. our market. Mm-hmm. So they they don't have a whole lot of popularity. I think they're really good. Like I said earlier, I believe I think it's better than
1: a Pilsner. Now, I didn't see it. Can we still get the green swing cap?
0: Okay. So that is Grolsch. Oh, that's right. Grolsch is a lager. That's right. It is not a kolsch. Yeah. It is a straight-up lager style beer. And the Grolsch, well, we'll we'll have to do an episode about that cuz the whole history behind the Grolsch-top bottles is is very, very cool. Yeah. When I love it comes those to beers. So, well, so uh, what else have you, I think you've eaten pretty much on the plate. What do you think of it with the the copa?
1: The copa is, uh, so it's very fatty because mm-hmm. you see all that fat in it. And then you put it with the beer and the fattiness and I don't know what acid might be in this beer. Not a lot. Uh-uh. But there's enough sweetness that we got like a sweet sweet. They went very well together. So it makes it very orangey. Get a lot of, like
0: orange flavors, orange citrus, orange, like orange oil, like that. Uh, yeah, there is that. That oil. like when you express, um, like when you express the oils out of a, a piece of orange peel, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you have that kind of feeling to it. It's really mm-hmm. good. What about the brie? Have you eaten any? I of haven't brie tried yet? the brie. Have you? No, I haven't. So, like you were saying while you're trying that, like you were saying, I am on the Germany trip with you. (laughs) I think it is, it's one of the places that, yes, a lot of people think about it for beer. You know, they think about Oktoberfest, Mm -hmm, which mm -hmm. is coming up. You know, you think of Munich. Mm -hmm. But we're talking a very different region here Mm -hmm. than your major Bavarian beer area. You know, we're we're talking closer more to Belgium here.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: where maybe that's where some of the tradition has come from, from being really near Belgium and some of those monasteries pulling over. But, oh, it's... Ooh, papa. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's really interesting to see. And, you know, like you said, you can get wine, you can get beer, you can get great food mm-hmm. going through Germany. So I am definitely on the Germany
1: trip bandwagon. The like closest you. I've been to Germany is uh, Disney World. <laughs> <at> Epcot, <laughs> Epcot, German. I wonder, fest. you know, there. have still a, got a great big old liter of
0: mug. from there. <laughs> There's a, uh, you know, there's a lot of people that will do what to drink at Epcot mm-hmm. because there's a lot of oh, okay. there's a lot of different things that you can drink at Epcot. Oh, there's an episode. Yeah, we just have to go. We have to go figure it out first, and get there. And you know, do you really want to go to Disney? <laughs> mm. I mean, I, I may go for the the you know, food and wine festival or the food and food and drink
1: festival. You know, our friend Becky, she just loves it.
0: Oh yeah, well maybe we can use uh, Becky we might, a Becky as a yeah. special correspondent. We might for for that or anybody out there who would want to be a special correspondent for, to do to find out what what, uh, what are some of the best things at uh, mm-hmm. Epcot. You know, we we would love to hear what you think. But see, I can't remember. They
1: probably got an Italian place. They got a.
0: Well, they have they've they've, they've plays I know. They've expanded quite a bit since we went. Oh yeah, we went when it barely opened. Well, and I was I was very young. Mm-hmm. I was probably eight nine years old when we went. The first time we went, you were oh I was in like three. Smaller. Yeah, I was like one or two years old. But The first time I remember was when I was I think I was in third grade.
1: That sounds about right. So the debris, you still hadn't you've been. No, I've, I've been, jatted. I've been, I've been giving you space to eat. Okay, well, um, I love brie. I wish you'd put some. What's the fog? The Humboldt fog. Humboldt fog on here, really? Yeah, I would like to taste the Humboldt fog with that ash, mm-hmm. because I think that ash would give you the bitterness that I was talking about with, yeah, with the the other cheese. But what I get with this brie is just, you know, sometimes some bries, you just put them in your mouth and just, they're gone. Yeah. And that's kind of what happened here. So the the brie and the beer, they just, they were, they were good together, but nothing really jumped out. Yeah. Nothing really said, oh, look at me, I'm better. <laughs> so, you know, we got a best little plate coming up at some point. And I think I got it figured out, but, you know, these, these are really good snackables.
0: Well, good. Well, I mean, is there anything else that you kind of want to know before we switch over to yours? Because I'm kind of with you. The brie was, you know, kind of forgettable. Oh, you did dry it. Yeah. I think a b- good blue cheese, for those who like blue cheese, would work really well. What with about this. the Humboldt Fog? The Humboldt Fog would work ex- amazingly well because of the funkiness. Like, maybe even a Camembert or a Saint-Andre. Yeah style it wants that funk the -hmm. cheese the you know with a cheese i think either it wants something sharp Mm -hmm. or it wants something that has
1: like nuttiness or some kind of funk to it so in germany they're going to eat their brats with this oh of course right and the nutty cheese so you had a nutty cheese on here and then one of the things i found in my research was apricot cake so, something, yep. some kind of cake that's not really overpowering sweet is what I'm perceiving when they say apricot, apricot, light apricot.
0: Cake. Well, but also the, the flavor of apricot would go really well with this beer.
1: I got some peaches over there in the refrigerator. Maybe <laughs> I ought to cut some of them up, see no, how that, what, No, work. you
0: can No, you can't go in the fridge right now because the blind's sitting oh, there.
1: Okay, well, but I don't think the peaches would really work.
0: No, apricots have more of that. They don't have as much sweetness. They've got a little bit more of kind of an earthy tree fruitiness, which is why I think they would go well. I think maybe even like the chocolate, like the chocolate dip dried apricot Mm -hmm.
1: would go well with this. So we are drinking these out of our beer glasses. Which are tulip. Tulip style beer glass. Folks, it's the wrong kind of glass. Yes, it is. So it should be more of that flute, beer flute class. Now, we got the temperature about right. Yeah. 40 to 45 Fahrenheit.
0: Which, so for those of you at home who may not want to, you know, temperature your beer, basically take it out of the fridge about Mm -hmm. five
1: minutes before you want to drink it. Right. But your your wine fridge is not cold enough. Because your wine fridge is only like 52 or something.
0: Well, it depends on it how you got it set, right? You may you may have it closer to that if you if you are keeping almost all white wines because white mm-hmm. wines you want in the forties. Mm-hmm. Well, anything else before we switch over to yours? No, I am good. Yeah, we can switch over. But all right, we
1: got still a little bit left.
0: That's all right. You don't have to drink it; it'll it'll still be there. So uh, let's go ahead and switch over. So, Dad, why don't you remind us what your beer is and what your pairings are? So,
1: mine is the Rogue. Honey, gross. And I have ahi, tuna, tacos, rice and black beans, and tamales. And so, man, I was on the run all day today, so I just cut to the chase, went down to Heights Taco and Tamale Company.
0: Which is, in the, which is for those of you uh, who may not know that, in Little Rock, if you know where the old Brownings was in the Heights, exactly. it's in the same in the same location as the old
1: Browning. Right. And so I just said, I want this, this, and this. And they go, oh, anything extra? And I go, give me some extra hot sauce. <laughs> <laughs> we'll
0: try Josh out on this. This is a, uh, that restaurant is a Tex, or no, an Arkmex. They call it an Arkmex restaurant. Yeah. So it's, they kind of hearken on this tradition of Brownings and doing a little bit more Arkansas-style Mexican food. So. What uh, what 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 were those things? You haven't told us what those things were. Yeah, I did. No, you didn't. You said I want this, 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 and this. This.
1: I said ahi tuna tacos. Okay. Rice and black beans and tamale.
0: Okay. And the tamales, we're pretty sure are pork tamale.
1: Yeah, uh, they didn't ask me. Uh, I'm looking at it right now. It's got to be. It's got I'm be sure pork, it's pork. You know.
0: Well, so why don't you go ahead and tell us about your beer? So I
1: don't know that there's any order. Oh there's no. Never an order,
0: there's right? not. There's not an order on this plate.
1: So we've done rogue beer before. Okay?
0: Yeah, you've done rogue a couple different times.
1: I really like Rogue Rogue.
0: They're a good company.
1: Like the dead guy. And I like all kinds of others. And I remember us talking about them before, and they got all these different <laughs> liquors and can drinks and cbd I don't know if we can get can I order the cbd and get it here <laughs> um no I don't think so I don't think it's distributed here right
0: and then it, actually no I don't believe it is yet I think
1: it might be in the works but I don't know well the we were talking about the uh IBUs yep so the IBUs of these beers are like 18 to 28 so i think we nailed it when we talked about it right and that's why i was saying i like maybe a little more bitterness to it mm-hmm. and mine has a five yep five percent five percent alcohol by volume and yours was 4.4 4.8 okay four
0: so same
1: Basically, and that and what the chart says is four point eight to five point three. So it's like, okay, got it. Mine is hazier than yours.
0: Yes, it's it's definitely not filtered. It's not filtered as
1: clear. Well, it says I think it said it was cold filter.
0: Well, they didn't filter It, it clear.
1: Right. Well, there's all kinds of ways to filter beers and you don't want to filter out everything. And so that's one of the things you do. So they're honey kosh, <laughs> honey kosh. So this honey kosh is in tribute to the wildflower honey. And I think we looked this up before I didn't do it today, but I think they have their own they have their own Yeah, they have
0: eyes. Yeah, they probably do cuz they have their own farm. Mhm. Right. Where they grow a lot
1: of the stuff that they use, and it has—I'm um, sure it has the pollinators. It has the oh yeah, and then the neat thing—we talked about this before too with this with Rogue—is they got this star. There, uh, yeah, uh, yeah,
0: they're they're a tasting star,
1: right? Uh, you know, and that's why I knew this—the bitterness is lower, and in fact, the roastiness of it is like zero. <laughs> So it's it's I don't know which beer I like better. We I was about well best beer. You know
0: it's 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 interesting that you say that because these two beers are not while they are both Kolsch style beers they are not the same. Like they, I think you know this is where we get into the traditional versus a craft beer putting their own spin on a particular style. Mm -hmm. and it's not bad it's just if you were to like we're doing right now side by side Mm -hmm. these beers they are not that you have a hard time finding the connection between the two
1: well you talked about the purity laws this is a violation of the purity law
0: which most craft beers are yeah I'm i'm not
1: i'm not trying to whip anybody or anything but it's like You don't put honey in beer according to purity laws. Right. So, you know, Honeybock or lots of other beers do it all the time. And it's that perceived, that sweet palate that people have and they want that sweetness.
0: Yeah, but this beer doesn't taste as sweet. As yours? As the, as the Gefell. Like it. You can have that. There's like that earthy honey, uh, earthy, honeyness, or that that particular earthiness that honey has. While mm-hmm. it's sweet, it has a particular earthy style to it or earthy flavor feel to it. And this beer definitely definitely has that, but it also has more beer bitterness. It does. It has more of that hop and that extra, like you feel the roasty malt a little bit more. And that may be the fact that they didn't filter it, it the might same be. way, but you can definitely smell more hop on this one than you can on the, the Gefell, which is fine. Right. And, but it's, and it's kind of in rogues, you know, house style to do it that way.
1: Yeah. They, they're kind of in a way to me, of course, they're a big boy. In a way, to me, they're like lost 40. I think they're distilled or brewers get together and they say, why don't we do this? And then they'll start making something and throwing this in, throwing that in, and they get a little, you know, maybe they start out with a five-gallon keg or something. Yeah. And then they say, oh, this is great. And then they up it. I mean, they have so many beers, it's crazy.
0: Well, and I think, you know, probably some of the backstory of this beer is, you know, they had the honey and they wanted to do something with their honey and Mm -hmm. they go, well, what kind of beer would lend itself to being Mm -hmm. where you could use honey in it? Right. And I mean, honey wheat, but honey wheat has been done. Mm -hmm. Um, and I really think they just kind of got it there and it's like, okay, well, well, let's do a Kolsch beer. Let's Mm -hmm. do it our way. We're going to do the honey. We're going to see, you know, say thank you to the bees, mm-hmm. and make this wonderful beer out of it. And I'm not trying to poo-poo on this beer at all, because it's, it's very good. It has that wonderful, you get that wonderful wildflower honey flavor. You get the flo- that light florality to it. You get the almost a florality also from the hops, which are a flower. Mm-hmm. And you have that nice malty backbone to it. It's just very interesting doing these two beers side by side because they are, while in the same family of style, they're very different.
1: Well, it's about like the, the Blantons and the Caribou. They yeah, are so much different, but yet they're in sort of the same family. Yeah. I remember Jordan saying, well, Caribou is the Canadian Blanton.
0: Right. Yeah. It, it, it is considered the Canadian Blantons. You know, I think I would kind of more hearken it to a, like, the difference between kind of a, like, okay, so in rum, you know, we have, you have aged rums, dark rums, black rums, mm-hmm, white rums, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But you have kind of the difference between a, like, that Diplomatico Manitouan, the mentuo. Man- 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 Mm-hmm. One that we've done before, which is an aged rum. Yeah, it tastes like a rum. It's it's very lighter, and you know it has that particular flavor. And then you also put an aged rum, like when we, because in that episode we did Bacardi, the Bacardi right. Gold. Mm-hmm. It is also an aged rum, mm-hmm. but they are very, very different, right? In in their styles and their flavors and even some of their you know founding and like the kind of the principles that guide the companies and you can kind of taste that in in the product and i think that's what we're doing here they both like this style beer it does very well it's just very different and i you know it could be completely different if we would have done these beers in the other order oh we would have done this one first have that light earthy honeyness and that extra backbone well, we could even
1: switch the snacks
0: well yeah switch the beer yeah. but i'm just talking i'm talking specifically about the beers themselves okay, and you. and how they kind of play together and in the in the world of families of beer
1: so on the nose it's much lighter than yours or what just- do you mean by light lighter well, it- I don't get much, maybe my nose <laughs> has has blown out on me, but I'm not really getting much smell.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, there,
0: there's kind of a singular note there of that maltiness. Well, and, and maybe
1: that, I don't know what, you know, honey is not something you smell every day, but maybe that's something I'm smelling, but I don't notice it because it's not, you know, big red fruit or green apples or cinnamon or some of those things. I don't really get the honeysuckle uh-uh. like I did on yours.
0: Well, yeah, because this is more like honey in the raw or honey, exactly or raw honey, or even like honeycomb. Yeah, exactly. More that's, that kind of waxy, right. mm-hmm. earthy. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. So you think it's more earthy, this beer?
0: Yes. To me, this beer presents very much more earthy or roasty. Mm-hmm. Kind of feeling now. I understand their star because the beer is not a roasty beer. Mm -hmm. Like you put this next to a roasty beer, like a porter, that would be very high on the roast scale in the star. Mm -hmm. You are not going to find that at all. Like it's it's going to be very very different. It's just in comparison to these two beers, that's kind of where it is. It does have a lot of sweetness to it. It does have. But it's a different sweetness. It's more of a natural kind of sweetness. It's not like refined honey. It's more mm-hmm. like kind of turbinado honey or even some like molassesy style where you have that rich kind of earthiness to it. And, you know, it's probably their malt choice is, is playing into that what, as well mm-hmm. as the honey. Now, so, the, you know, you kind of, you were telling me earlier that you kind of picked this plate and you were a little worried because of the spice level. Mm-hmm. And you wanted that, you were hoping that the sweetness of the beer kind of carried through and, and took a little bit of that honey, or took a little bit of that, uh, that spiciness. spiciness away. So, what do you think? Uh, I think it kind of, it does on the tamales a little bit. The spice is still def- ste- definitely present. But it does kind of calm it down a little bit. How is it with the food that you've eaten? Well,
1: the the uh, the tuna. So there's jalapenos on top here, but the tuna down inside the taco has some good spice in it. It's like a pico de gallo, so it's not like a jalapeno, but it's pretty spicy. Uh huh. So the beer can't calm that completely to zero. Right. But it's calming it down. And I I like that. So I'm I'm liking the choices that I made. I mean that tamale is perfect. I mean it's it's not real spicy, it's good to eat, it goes well with the beer, that might be your best on the plate. Um, I'm not sure, you know, from the spiciness <laughs> I asked for there's some extra spice there on the on the uh, plate so that you can dig in and eat, Josh. How is it are you able to? So when you're
0: eating the taco, are you able to get the the tunainess of the of it, or is there just a lot of a lot of the other flavors are going on, kind of covering up that tuna?
1: No, the tuna is pretty clear, but yeah, there are some spices in there with it. Doesn't doesn't cover it completely up. No. Okay, because I'm just very curious to how it's a compliment to it, but it's a strong compliment.
0: Yeah, I was just curious of how the beer went with the tuna itself. So maybe somebody who was going to do a, a tuna dish, maybe like a you know a quick seared tuna, or maybe if they did their own tuna, tuna taco, how that, how that piece of the taco goes with the, the beer itself, because uh, tuna is not something that I eat. So if you did
1: seared tuna, and you kind of left the spices over. Uh, what's the green one? Uh, jalapeno, cerrado, mm-hmm. and, uh, Um poblano. Mm-hmm. I'll think of it in a minute. <laughs> but a lot of people put that special green spice on their seared tuna, which makes it wasabi. 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 Yes. So without the wasabi, just the seared tuna salad which is mostly cut up, seared tuna with a casing, pepper, whatever they put on it. Sesame seeds, typically. This beer would be perfect. Okay. In my mind. Yeah. Because it's not spicy. It's got a little spice to it and you could mix a little of the wasabi with it. This has a lot of spice. More than sometimes when (laughs) I add the sushi or the or the seared tuna. I'll uh, get a little glob of the wasabi and uh-oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was a little bit too much and now I got to be- get the...
0: <laughs> so what, what I'm hearing you say is that this beer would be good with sh- sashimi. Yes, it would. Okay. Or any kind of lighter mm-hmm. tuna sushi roll. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's that's really interesting. So, I, you know... I I can understand that. Now, what about like a spicy tuna roll? Is that going to be too much spice, or do you think that would would work well?
1: I'm enjoying it here. Okay. And this has enough spice to equal what you just said. Um, The beer can't take the spice away. I don't know that any beer.
0: Well. Any beer? I got got wines for
2: you.
1: (laughs) A big bad boy barrel aged ninety nine would probably take that spice away.
0: Really you don't think the the enhanced alcohol lever would level would would kind of mess with that?
1: Of course it would. Yeah. You're talking about the big big alcohol?
0: Yeah. You don't think the big alcohol would enhance the spice too much well, that the see, sweetness that's, of that's, the barrel yeah, age wouldn't cover it?
1: Uh that would be a toss up. It's hard to know. I mean, you know, eleven percent a B V barrel aged with that heavy barrel aged stout, they're probably melding together and you don't know whether it's gonna take the spice away or not.
0: Alright, well so for those of you out there who have who've got that, feel free to let us try it and feel free to let us know what you uh what you think about it. Now mm-hmm. I really like this the rice that you have. So the rice that you have is like a white rice, but they have like a homemade uh rotel on top of it. That's right. And so you get that nice rightness and you get that sweeter, sweet tomato and that little bit of spice and it goes really, really well with the beer because Mm -hmm. to me, one of the things that this beer wants is earth Mm -hmm. because it wants something to match up with that earthiness or that natural, maybe earthiness is wrong, but that naturaliness of the honey and the feeling and the, and all of that.
1: We'll scoop some of that little picotillado in there with it.
0: No, because it don't burn my face off.
1: No, it won't. <laughs> Not your whole face. <laughs> Just my mouth. These are two good ears. I, you know, I'm surprised we hadn't done this episode before.
0: Yeah, so have, uh, so have you and Mom been to Rogue? Did you guys do Rogue on your...
1: We did on my uh, retirement road trip. There's a Rogue. It's in Portland. At least the one we—they
0: have a couple. Di- they
1: have a couple different places,
0: but yeah, one of them is in Portland. So I got a list here, and I
1: can't really tell where these are. You know, Rogue Pier, Thirty Nine Public House, Rogue Hall. Anyway, the story was—you know how? Now this road trip was uh, 2016, and when you get into a city. And you got the tall buildings on both sides or four sides of you. Your GPS just doesn't seem to figure it out. It, ta- it takes a while. Yep. And so it's telling you left turn, right turn, U turn, and eventually we found it. And I'm glad we found it because they, I guess they had every beer they had, probably. probably at this location. And it's like, oh, give me the, <laughs> give me the flight. Now what a huge flight. Yeah. Probably six or eight. But yeah, I enjoyed going there. it's cool. For us, it was hard to find. I'm sure we'd find it again. And and there's a number of places. Um, We don't have any close to us. Well, of
0: course not. It's a West Coast beer. Right. Well, is there anything else you want to tell us about your beer or Uh, what you're tasting?
1: No, that's... So that's pretty much it. I mean, it's like you said. These two beers... Or of the same style, but totally different. Yeah. Now, I'm sure if we had gotten, who else makes a... Carbosh. Carbosh. Mm-hmm. So does... If we gotten theirs, I mean, sure, it would have been different, too. Yeah. Uh, but I think this one was different. The Rogue one was very different because it's in praise of their honeybees.
0: Yeah, they so they really got
1: that honeycomb or whatever it was going on.
0: Yeah, they're, they're definitely
1: highlighting the honey in this style. And, the, and you know, the can's very beautiful. Mm-hmm. It's like honey, honey bees holding, uh, you know, one of those little honey wooden dippers. <laughs> and, and a and and beer. A beer. <laughs> and a beer in his hand. And the bees are flying around.
0: Yep. All right. Well, so I think it's time for us to talk about the best on plate. Okay, best so let's uh plate. let's start with mine. Uh, what was your best on
1: plate for my beer? The nutty cheese, the Comte. The Comte, hands down. Like I said in the podcast earlier, that that nuttiness and that bitterness that it had gave your beer more of that bitterness that I wanted, that I crave. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It didn't move it up, with maybe a notch, but it was. Uh, it was a contrast that I was very happy with.
0: Yeah, I really liked the way that the beer worked with the sausage. Oh, yeah. You know, the... That's where it started, yeah. It, it highlighted the things about the sausage that made it really good. The light spice to it, the the sharpness of the cheddar, the kind of game earthy, earthy gaminess of the boar. And then it, it just worked really well with the beer. And it brought down the sweetness of the beer where you could get more of that malty earthiness from the beer. Mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm.
0: And I, so I really enjoy that. Now, what about on your plate?
1: I've got to say the tunas, the tuna tacos, the tuna taco.
0: Is it just because of the tuna?
1: Well, no, it's, it's because of the combination of the tuna and the spiciness. Okay. And what I ended up doing is cause you were, uh, you were nagging me to the wall with questions. I had to take some of that tuna out and do it separate. And clearly that is, you know, it's not necessarily a match made in heaven, but it's a really good match. Yeah. And then the taco with, with the tuna and all the spice is a good match, and I like the heat. Yeah. And I didn't expect the beer to erase the heat, but it competed. Yeah. And it did fine. put up a fight. It put up a fight, but heat went out. <laughs> the, yeah. the tamale uh, the no. tamale was really good is that yours?
0: no it yeah. actually is the rice with the homemade rotel
1: oh really? Okay. yeah
0: the, that rotel with the, the tomatoey sweetness and the the light spiciness and then the, the play of the rice was really really good to me mm-hmm. and I just love the way that it works with the beer it kind of rounded out the beer a little bit the acidity of the tomatoes mm-hmm. worked well with the kind of bringing that kind of bringing that acidity within the beer, and mm-hmm. it was it was fun. Mm-hmm. It may not have been may, you know the tamales were really good. The tamales had a lot of spice. The spice carried through, kind of like we were talking about. But
1: there wasn't really kind of any change to either for right. me when I had the beer with. Them. Right. I'd say the only strikeout today was the brie. Yeah. And it just it just didn't do anything. Yeah,
0: yeah. It it was a it was a it was a it was a crapshoot there. Yeah. But okay. Well, I've got a blind for you, so I'm going to go ahead and pour it up. Come on. Okay. So I've got a a lovely beer here poured poured up for dad that he's going to go ahead and go through and try and figure out.
1: So it's got a orange gold color to it. The heads is very very light and that's not a bad thing but that's just what I'm saying A lot of times you get a big you know a big stout that the head just stands up there forever It coats the glass with it I mean it's out on the edges and uh, nose wise I'm getting a little nut it doesn't have the light color necessarily for a nut brown but I'm getting a little nutty flavor it smells. Not any not any jasmine or fruits smells like we had with these. You got a bigger pour than I do and it looks yours is more of an orange kind of cake. Well color, it, color just 'cause of the deafness of the pour. Um I'm gonna start eliminating anything yet, but I could easily. I'm gonna give it a little taste a little taste, and i i got a little, some of that's still not even.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Again, I just don't get much on the nose. And of course, my nose is all messed up. <laughs> well, it's I'm, that time of year. <laughs> maybe it's just not presenting a lot. Well, I, I, I don't think it is, or it knocked me down. So, uh, you know, we say this many times. You can't quite read through it, but you definitely can see through it. Yeah, more than uh, some. So I would I would say it's not a stout and not a porter. Okay. And we just had quite clear beers. So I don't think it's a Pilsner or Koch. I said earlier it's... So I'm getting down to like the nut brown, but it doesn't seem that nutty. Okay. I'm going to take another taste. Mmm. So I got on the back end, and I suddenly got some sweetness. You know, sometimes you get, with some beers, you get that, you know, that gypsum sweetness. I'm not getting that. And sometimes you have that uh, hard water. I'm not getting that at all either. Okay. What are you getting? (laughs) Well, like I said, I'm not nosing much at all. Well, then then taste it. I've tasted it two times, and I get some nuts, and I'm trying to. There's got to be other stuff in there, so I'm gonna taste again. Okay, that time swished it around pretty good. I got some floral. Okay, and it's not it's not real heavy, but it might be like an orange peel. Okay, um, but like I said, it's real real light in the background. Not quite ready to land this plane. Well, let's start narrowing it
0: down. Is it malt driven, wheat driven, hop driven? What what's drive What's driving this plane? I think this is malt driven. Okay, so we're we're at a malt driven beer. So um, so now it, use the color to help you for what's next.
1: So it's it's like you said it's, it. Well, it's like I said it's. Sort of an orange color. So what would that what would that be? Um, okay, it's it's what it's not. I already said it's not a stout. It's not a porter. I don't think it's a nut brown because it doesn't have the the right depth of color. Okay, it's not a pilsner. It's not a wit. I don't get the I don't get the the off uh, flavors that a wit gives you. What do you have left? What do you
0: have left?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Well,
0: you haven't said anything about a. Where's my cheesy? <laughs> you haven't said <laughs> anything about it being a pale ale. You haven't said anything about it being uh, a I red did. ale. You haven't said anything about well, will be an IPA because those are those are more mm-hmm. hop driven. Mm-hmm. You haven't said anything about it being a Oktoberfest, a Marzen. Right. A um and I think those are kinda the styles that
1: you're down to now. That's right. So it's not a, what you just said is true. I don't think it's an IPA. Okay. What about a pale ale? Uh it could be a pale. Ale. It could be a Marson. It could be um uh, one of our uh Oktoberfests, which Okay, so. It is more of a Marzen as well.
0: So, pale ale. Let's start with the pale ale. What defines a pale ale? What defines it? Yeah. What are things that define a pale ale? Um, um, it's pale. The pale it, it's, ale is. it's. it's <laughs> go ahead. It's pale. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's yeah. going to be malt. It's going to have malt, but it's also going to have a, a presence of. Hops.
1: Yeah, and I'm not getting hot.
0: Okay, so now we throw that one out. Yeah. So now you're down to Reds, Marzen's Slash Oktoberfest.
1: So I don't, I think with my experience with Reds, you get more bitterness in the Red, even though it's not hop driven. So I'm thinking you found an Oktoberfest and I'm ready for it. I want Oktoberfest to get going as soon as possible. All right. So, so is that where
0: you're landing the plane?
1: That's where I'm landed and I'm trying to think. Uh, I don't think I'm, I better not go any further than that. I'd I'd like to say it's a lost 40 uh, Oktoberfest. That hunter that we've had before. Okay. Is really good. Yep. So I'm going to say that that's what it really could be. I don't think it's German. Okay. I think it's an Oktoberfest, and maybe it's made by Lost 40, and it's called The Hunter.
0: All right, so Dad has, Dad has decided that this beer is going to be an Oktoberfest, and he's saying it's a local one from Lost 40, The Hunter. And to find out if he's right or wrong, you're going to have to come back next week to see if we're right or wrong. So Dad and I are actually ramping up for a trip, That we're gonna go on together, for once, and we are going to we're gonna be going to Bourbon County, or we're gonna not Bourbon County, not just Bourbon County, but we're gonna be going to Kentucky and doing Bourbon Country, and doing Bourbon 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 Country, and doing some Bourbon Trail stuff for Marie's big fortieth birthday that's coming up. So, in a ramp up to that next week, we are gonna be doing bottled and bond bourbons so dad what are you what bottled and bond bourbon are you doing it's going to be evan williams evan williams bottled and bond bourbon that's going to be a really good one and i was actually able to find the bottled and bond bourbon from kirkland which yeah. is the costco brand so i'm very excited to i mm. have had a little bit of it it's very good i'm excited to bring it for next week okay. and we're excited to have you guys Follow along this journey with us. Remember, we're out there on your favorite podcast platform, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. You know, out there, give us a like, a rating, a follow, whatever your social or podcast platform does. On the podcast platform, we really would like for you to go out and give us some stars, give us also a typed rating that helps us to know what, what you you like that we're doing or what that we're doing that you don't like. Also, it helps us to climb up the possibly climb up ratings and be seen by more people. So, if you like what we're doing, that's a way to share. If you're not going to share with your friends, also you can reach out to us via email at acquiredtastings at gmail.com. So, that's right. If you know
1: somebody going to Antarctica,
0: tell them about <laughs> us so they can
1: download. And we I get don't The know. seventh continent.
0: <laughs> I don't know if we there how
1: that would work with internet and all that jazz. But anyway, I, I'm I'm afraid it'd be tough. It'd really be tough. <laughs>
0: Anyway, we just appreciate all the downloads that we've getting uh, that we've been getting. Like we said last week, we've we've crossed the ten thousand threshold, which we're very excited about. Big friggin' deal! We've hit all six. We've hit all six livable continents (laughs) and uh, we're just we're happy to continue on this journey with you guys and we're very excited that you're, you're choosing to come along with us every week as we continue this wonderful wonderful journey with you guys so once again I'm Josh Mills and I'm John Mills and we'll see you next time. Thank you and goodbye.